Before Shopify, were you wondering, where my sales at? Now you're selling with Shopify, the global commerce platform supercharging your selling. You have no problem selling online, in person, on social media, and beyond. Gary, easy on the cha-ching. <clears throat> oh, sorry, but my Shopify sales are through the roof. Start selling with Shopify today and discover how millions of businesses around the world use Shopify to ignite their selling. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash listen. Shopify.com slash listen. It's time to get up and get going, South Coast. It's time for the Tim Weisberg Show on WBSM. Also streaming live on WBSM.com and on the WBSM app. Talk to Tim now at 508-996-0500 or send him a message or a voicemail through the WBSM app. And now, ready to start your day off with a bang. It's Tim Weisberg. Good morning. Happy Friday to you. Welcome into the program. It is a very busy day here. We've got a lot to discuss. And I, first of all, you heard the forecast. So if you were planning on heading out to the Feast of the Blessed Sacrament tonight, you're going to have to keep an eye on the skies because it uh, looks like we're going to get some stormy weather a little bit later on this evening. And so I, I, I think that you'll probably... I'm not a meteorologist. Let me just couch this before I say anything further. I'm not a meteorologist. I don't know weather patterns and all that kind of stuff. But I don't think it's going to be as constant of a threat as you may think that it is. I could be wrong. But just in some of the stuff that I was reading this morning, it seems like it'll be scattered thunderstorms. So we'll see. Of course, you know, they're going to make the call if there is lightning not to run the rides and all that kind of stuff. And who... Just stay, stay, stay tuned to the Feast of the Blessed Sacrament Facebook page. They will, uh, they will put up all the updates as the day goes along. But I would be interested in finding out from anybody who went last night. Um, I w- was going to try to get over there last night because I wanted to see how the, the new security measures were working out. And I couldn't go because this story about Gilly Safiolis and, and Naomi Carney dropped into my lap as I was trying to finish up my day yesterday. And so that took some time. And by the time I finished that up and made dinner, I was like, well, now it's just about bedtime. So I didn't make it out last night. But if you made it out, I would like to know what you thought of the new security procedures. Was it was it a problem? Was it a big deal? I was looking on social media. I hadn't really seen a lot of uh, complaints about it. Nobody was really talking about it online that I saw. I saw some videos and some photos from Fun 107 who were down there broadcasting, Gazelle and Michael Rock, and they, um, you know, they didn't indicate that there was any issues. People seemed to have no problem getting in. The place looked packed. So I would be interested in hearing about your experience. Although if you did go to the Feast of the Blessed Sacrament last night, you're probably not awake right now listening to the sound of my voice. So I will keep asking that throughout the course of the morning. Uh, Also later on this morning, we'll be joined by New Bedford City Council President Linda Morad and... Councilor at Large Naomi Carney, who can talk with us more about this story that we have up at WBSM.com and on the WBSM app. So if you haven't seen the story yet, I can give you a shortened version of it. Now, for those of you who aren't familiar with Gilly Safiolis, he attends the meetings. He attends all the city council meetings pretty much. 
and he's the guy that sits there with the signs. Signs that say things like Linda Morad is a tyrant, Brian Gomes is a lapdog. You know, he's he has an issue with some of the counselors, and, and he has no problem expressing it. He's also been removed from council chambers before, sometimes under arrest for not observing the rules of the council chambers. So, for example, he was arrested twice for clapping during meetings. And I don't think he would characterize it this way, but I think a lot of other people would characterize it as he tries to antagonize the counselors, especially Council President Morad. This incident, however, happened with Councillor Carney, who told me yesterday that she's been friends with Gilly for 40 years. So this, this is not, there's, there's, this isn't the result of animosity, we'll say, the situation that happened. What happened was during the meeting about the nip bottle ban on, on July 24th at the library, uh, Naomi was at the meeting, Gilly was at the meeting, uh, Gilly came in, walked in, this is most of this information comes from the police report, which we have a copy of. Uh, Gilly provided it to us, but also from I spoke at length yesterday with both Naomi and Gilly about this. So I'll uh, if I don't differentiate as to who was saying what, then you can assume that it's something that they both agree upon happened. So Gilly walks into the meeting. Naomi is there. According to Gilly, she looked at him and said, where are your signs? And that kind of irked him a little bit, he said. So he sat down, and she was sitting down, and apparently uh, Ward 1 City Council candidate Leo Chiquette was sitting between the two of them. At some point as the meeting went on, Naomi said she couldn't really see or hear what was going on because they were at this bench in the back of the room. So she put her feet on the bench and propped herself up so she was like sitting on the back of the bench. You know how that works. Like it's like sitting on the back of the couch. Um, kind of that's how she was sitting. And and Gilly starts asking her, you know, what are you doing? Uh, you're not a lady. That's that's not how a lady sits. They both admit that he said that. And uh, and he was adamant to me yesterday when he came here that that's, that's not how a lady sits. Um, it's 2023. No man should be walking up to a woman and telling her how she should be sitting. No man should be telling her what a lady is or isn't. That's, not, it, it, honestly, it's none of his business how she's sitting unless she is impeding his ability to sit. But as he said, if he was to do that at a city council meeting, he'd be thrown out of the room. So she took exception to the fact that he was calling her not a lady and telling her the way that she should sit. She told him, you know, kind of, hey, get out of my face kind of thing. He pulled out his cell phone to take a photo of her sitting that way. And when she, he pulled out the phone, and this is where there's a discrepancy, she says that she was sitting with her, you know, sitting with her back on the back of the bench and that she reached out and swiped the phone away from his hand. They both admit that she physically 
push the phone out of Gilly's hand. But she says she just reached forward and did it, and that it's 24 inches from the tip of her finger to her shoulder. So her arm's length is 24 inches. So she said he was within two feet of her personal space. He claims that Leo was in between them and that she had to kind of reach forward to kind of over him and, and, and come out of her personal space to swipe the phone away. Either way, they both admit she, she struck the phone out of his hand. It went flying into the, into the bench. And um, in the police report, it says it went into two women. Uh, Naomi denied that it hit some women. She said she apologized to the women and they said it's okay. It didn't hit her. But either way, you know, his, his phone went flying. He, I guess, at that point called the police or at some point called the police to report it. Long story short, it ended up with Naomi Carney and Gilly Safiolis uh, meeting with police chief Paul Oliveira. And the, the chief said, listen, let's just squash this right here. How do we settle this? You know, he didn't see the need for charges to be pressed. So he's trying to help them reach a, a peaceful resolution. And, and Gilly said he asked for a written apology. Now, Counselor Carney said that at first he asked for a verbal apology and then he asked for a written apology. But either way, she was happy to give him a written apology for what she did. And she did. Uh, I was able to read the written apology. Gilly showed it to me and she did apologize sincerely, it seemed, for, you know, knocking his phone out of his hand. And as she said, at that point, she thought that it was done. So this happened back on July 24th was when this incident happened. Apparently, yesterday, or, or maybe it was the day before yesterday, I'd have to look back at that. But either way, this week, a couple weeks after that incident, Gilly called Counselor Carney and asked her to put a question, uh, to, to file a motion on the council floor to have a question put on the ballot regarding the term limits for city councilors. Now, here is an important part of where their stories differentiate. Councillor Carney said that Gilly said, I will press charges unless you file the motion. So for her, she sees it as she's being blackmailed. She is being asked to put to, to do something as a counselor with a personal threat against her if she doesn't do it. She sees it as blackmail. Gilly does not see it as blackmail. In fact, I, I asked him point blank. I said, she thinks that that's blackmail. What do you, how would you respond to that? He said he was just asking her to do a favor. That he did her a favor by not pressing charges so he was asking her to do a favor for him in return. <clears throat> she said, no, I'm, I'm not going to do that. He said, well, then I'll file charges. And she explained to me the reasons why she, she doesn't want to do that. And she explained them yesterday on the radio with Chris and Marcus. She wants to have an entire charter review and look at Term, you know, in that, in, at that moment, they can look at term limits for all elected offices if that's part of the charter review. But she wants to have a charter review. And she told me, she's like, it's no secret. I want to be the council president next year. 
and that's going to, if I'm reelected in November, and that's what I'm going to, to make one of my focuses is, you know, having a charter review commission created. So she gave those reasons, I guess, to Gilly. He said, you know, if you don't do it, I'm going to press charges. And, and she said, do what you have to do and hung up the phone. That's what she told me she said to him. So he went down to the police station because the chief had left the option open for him to, to press charges if that's what he decided to do. And so he went down and pressed charges. So now there are charges of assault and battery filed against Councillor Naomi Carney by Gilly Safiolis. 508-996-0500. Good morning. You're on WBSM. Morning, Tim. I am not Gilly Safiolis. <laughs> I figured I'd let you know that right from the get-go. That's all right. I, I, um, I, I would have known if you were by the first word. Well, I, <laughs> I feel like you summon him whenever you say his name, though. He'll always be the, like, right, right behind you, right after you say like his Like Beetlejuice, no, yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. Hey, um, so uh, have you ever seen those First Amendment audits? Have you ever, like, watched any videos of those guys? No, I don't think so. Like they'll, they'll go around, like, to police stations and, like, city halls and town halls and stuff, and they'll, they'll have, like, they'll be wearing, like, body cameras, you know, and they'll just be walking around taking pictures and video of everything, whatever's publicly accessible. Um, they don't go into anybody's offices, obviously, and invade their privacy or nothing like that, but mm-hmm. whatever's publicly accessible to the eye Okay, they, they videotape. And there's been numerous videos of people, like, literally freaking out. Okay, you can't video, you, you know, you can't video me, blah, 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 blah. And then they'll go to smack the camera right out of their hands. And then the police will get involved. And sure enough, like, nine times out of ten, assault and battery charges will be filed. And it will be pursued. Like, it'll end up, you know, going to court and everything else. Like, it's like a whole, it's like a whole battle. Now... My question to you is, 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 you know, and I haven't, I, I read last night, I seen, the, the, I seen it come through my phone last night. I ended up reading through it. Um, it's very interesting because you've noticed that, well, if you've heard in the past, Gilly, he's, he's mentioned that Linda Morad has taken her phone out and been taking videos and pictures of him mm-hmm. holding his signs and doing, and, you know, do, doing his normal thing, right? What if Gilly ended up walking up to that podium and smacking the phone out of Linda Morad's hand? What would happen? Well, and he, he said as much. He said, you he know, if, he said, if, if this was me, the, the phrase he used, if this was me, they'd hang me in Brooklawn Park. Right. And, and, you know, I have no, I have, listen, I have, uh, you know, complete disclosure here. I have nothing against anybody because I'm not even a resident in New Bedford. I'm looking from the outside in. But it's like, with that being said, if Gilly had done that to Linda Morad when she was taking pictures, he would have been slapped. The handcuffs would have been slapped on him. And he would have been dragged out for the third time at a city, the city council meeting. So it's like, you know, if it's good for the goose, what's that? What's that? What's that saying? If it's good for the goose, it's good for the gander. Yeah. Okay. It's it, it, you know that's just un, very un, it's it's unprofessional. Number one. Okay. Number two, it is assault and battery. Uh, that that phone could have landed on a, a little kid's head. Okay, and and you know knocked the kid out. You know who knows what what could have happened, but uh, nonetheless, it's un- it's unprofessional. Yeah, I and mean, and and I think you know in, in this particular situation, you can look at it as you know this was an item that he was holding, so that becomes therefore an extension of his body. Uh, he says that he struck, she struck his hand as she was striking the cell phone out of his hand. She says she just hit the phone, but the 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 more egregious part of this, in my mind, and or, or the part that really has to be you know, determined here is was was he blackmailing her? Was he looking to get her to do his political will 
in exchange for not filing charges? That's that's I think the more serious question here. Yeah, yeah, and that 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 I don't know if anybody's answered that or not yet. But and and I know how uh, this is going to turn out. This is going to go in front of a magistrate. The magistrate's going to look at this and be like. All right, you slapped the phone out of his hand, but then you asked her to do something for you in exchange for not pressing charges. We're throwing this out. You know, she apologized yeah. already. It's over. That's where I think yeah. it'll go. But it's still, it's still yeah. concerning that that this is this is what it becomes. Is you know, I'm going to hold this over your head until you do what I want you to do. Right. Right. Yeah. It, it's yeah. It, 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 that would be considered blackmail. You know what I mean? But it's. Um, I just think it's it's funny as hell that that you know. You know, I, I I could give a I could give a crap one way or another. You know what I mean? It's just I think it's funny that you know if 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 Gilly if Gilly would my point would my point the reason why I called was if Gilly would would have slapped that phone out of Linda Barrett's hand every time she takes a video of him. I mean, he really would. He would be and and for for Naomi to do that in front of the chief of police and whoever else was in that meeting. Well, it so it's it like that's. So there, there is a discrepancy there. So Gilly said that the, the chief witnessed it. The chief said, uh, gave a statement to Barry and said, no, he did not witness it. Oh, okay. So, so yeah, but the police report, so he, who, who's got the police report? Gilly, right? Yeah, well, I have the police report, too. And it doesn't, right. it doesn't mention the oh, chief. Oh, it doesn't the only, say anything about the chief? No, no the only witness to it was, uh, was Leo Choquette, who uh, he told, I'll give you his exact statement, uh, Mr. Choquette, called to clarify to me that he never saw Mr. And this is the, written by the uh, Officer Miranda. Uh, Mr. Choquette stated that he never saw Mr. Safiola's hit Miss Carney. Mr. Choquette only saw Miss Carney slap the phone out of Mr. Safiola's hand. And then I, I reached out to Leo and asked if he wanted to expand on that. And he said uh, that statement stands at this time. Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, that's interesting. I, I'm, I, hey, it's going to be an, I feel like it's going to be an action packed morning. That's good though. We'll, we'll end the, we'll end the week on a good note here. Yeah. Good, yeah. Lot, a good radio show. Lot to discuss. Yeah. Thank you for the call. Oh yeah. Thanks. Tim. Yeah. Have a good day. And uh, let's squeeze in one more. I do have to take a break, but I can squeeze in one more call. Good morning. You're on WBSM. Uh, Tim, Gilly Saffield. Hello, Gilly. You're up early. I sure am. Just to listen to you misrepresent me. How did I misrepresent you? I never got arrested twice for clapping. I have okay. I have links to the actual news stories where you were arrested twice for clapping. Oh, no. I got arrested one time. Okay. 2016. The second time I was asked to leave. Okay. Okay. So All right. I then I, I apologize for that. I will clarify that. And if our, if our previous story is incorrect, I will correct that story. Okay. And when you said about I was in the place first. Leo came and sat next to me. And then Naomi came with Linda Moran, Maria Giesta, Ryan Pereira, and Ian Ebrum. Naomi came over and sat next to Shaquette. All right, that's just, that, was just me, that was me misreading the police report, so I apologize for that. Oh. Now, she sat next to him, and the first thing out of her mouth was, where's your signs? Okay, as the meeting continued within a half hour, she got up to sit on a bench. Okay, so I'm sitting on the left. You got Shaquette in the middle, and she's sitting on the bench. The only thing I said to her, that's not how our lady sits. In her exact words, okay, it's mind your effing business. Okay, so the meeting went on, and I got up to take a picture. She says she's got 24 inches. When I got up, Shaquette was in the middle of us. That was between three feet to five feet away from her. When she struck the phone out of my hand, she stood up, 
put her hand on Saket's shoulder and reached over and slapped it out. Get my hand and everything. And if you see the if you see the letter, I never said I was going to give me a verbal warning. See, I said I need a, a written. And when it's, when, and I'm the one that has to talk to the chief and the sergeant and Naomi and me. And I asked her in front of the chief, and the chief is a witness. I asked her, have I ever done anything to against you? She praised me up and down. You know what the chief's words were after we talked? I never realized we got so much history with each other. And he's the one, I says, I don't know if I want to press charges right now. And he says, well, we'll leave it open. He says, I don't want to do anything because right now she's running for office and she's the last one on the bottom of the pole. And I never blackmailed her. I asked for a simple favor, like I asked about Ian to do it, so that, so Catherine can get some, they got the authority to put the thing on uh, the agenda and on the voting list. Mm -hmm. That's all I asked her to do. She doesn't even have to vote for it, I said. I just want to, we just wanted the people out there want to see where the city council stands. That's for a roll call. And I said that on Barry's show, too. So don't say that in the way she, she seen me in rage after she put on a, we had a history for 40 years, and all of a sudden, I'm the one that's being personal. They're going to try to defract deflect everything like they usually do okay the bottom line here is she hit my hand and hit the phone out of my hand you seen the letter she even apologized to the ladies that she did it so i don't know where all this coming about now they're going to try to deflect everything that i'm the troublemaker well, okay. you, you realize that I have to present both sides. I can't just say what you told me and take that as the truth. I have to present her, her perspective as well. You also said that Naomi was there and I came in and sat down. Yeah, no, I can. Uh, that was just me confusing as I was reading the police report, you know, on the air here. Well, I understand it, but people are going to think that I'm the top. I was minding my own business. Okay? And a lady doesn't sit on a bench like she does. And let me bring something else up. Okay. I got about one minute before I got to go to the news, so Excellent. just so you know. Let me bring up. There's a city councilor that's supposed to be educated and know the rules, okay? And you heard her on Barry's show when they were talking about the three commissioners for the liquor licensing board, okay? She stated there's five commissioners. She's the one that appoints, you know, confirms them. They vote on them. There's only three commissioners. Where she get five? No, I, I I agree with that. That that was uh, a moment of confusion for sure. And she's leading us like she knows everything. They're just going to try to deflect everything on me. We'll see she in court when Leosha Cat testifies. He's a witness and he's a lawyer. I wasn't two feet away. She leaned. She stood up and leaned forward to slap the phone. That's how far away I was. So everything that you write about, yeah. I got arrested on purpose when I was clapping because Linda Morad's the one that was stopping me. Everybody right. They, they said you'll so, be arrested, okay. and you said, yeah, arrest me then. That's right. And then you said that I pleaded guilty. Okay? I pleaded guilty, you said on, on the article. Well, um, Because that's what the article that we had said. Listen, I asked for jury, uh, for jury trial. 
I paid an attorney $3,500 to represent me. Okay? And when we went to court, uh, the assistant district attorney, Pavo, stood up and says to the judge, it's a difficult case, and we're going to change the thing from criminal to civil. So this way, you don't have to have a jury. The judge decides. Sure. Well, and you ended up just paying a $100 fine anyway. That was the, that was yeah, the decision. So I wasn't... Can you imagine I couldn't get a jury trial because they changed it? Why didn't they do that before I paid the, do the lawyer 3500 That I don't know. I got to just hold you there, Gilly, because I, I got to go to the news. Don't, don't portray me. You know, I take responsibility. If I'm, a jackass, I'm, I'm not trying to portray you in any way, and if you felt that I was, I apologize. I'm trying to give both sides right, here. We'll see. We'll see. Even the chief's the one who told me. Just I'll hold it until you decide. I never blackmailed. I asked for a favor. But you do understand that there's a fine line between a favor and blackmail. Sure, I do. Okay, that's I still have the choice to file charges. And that you read the right. letter. You read the letter. Mm -hmm. Okay, so all right. I, I, again, I, I got to hold you there just because we're late for the news. But thank you for calling in. And right. and uh, and we will certainly. I know we'll definitely hear from Councillor Carney later because she's coming on with Council President Morad, and we can talk more with you when we come back after the news. But right now, Adam Bass is waiting patiently to give you an update in the WBSM newsroom. Former President Trump is pleading not guilty to trying to overturn the 2020 presidential election. Trump appeared in a Washington D.C. federal courtroom on Thursday following his indictment this week. He's facing four counts, including conspiracy to defraud the U.S. The Justice Department claims the 2021 Capitol riot was fueled by Trump. Trump claims the charges are an attempt by President Joe Biden to interfere with the upcoming presidential election. The first hearing in the case is scheduled for August 28th. The man convicted of killing 11 people at a Pittsburgh synagogue has been sentenced to death. A federal jury reached a unanimous decision Wednesday that recommended the death sentence for Robert Bowers, and a judge handed down the sentence on Thursday. Bowers was convicted in June on more than 60 charges in a 2018 shooting at the Tree of Life Synagogue. Job numbers from July come out this morning, and, and, and analysts expect them to show 200,000 non-farm positions added. That would be the smallest gain since December 2020. Unemployment is expected to hold at 3.6%, while wages are expected to rise slightly at 3%. The 3.3%. The report is due at 8.30 a.m. Eastern. Secretary of State Anthony Blinken is warning, is warning of a global food insecurity caused by Russia's war in Ukraine. Mark Mayfield fills us in. In remarks before the United Nations, Blinken called out Moscow for pulling out of the Black Sea Grain Initiative, which allowed Ukrainian exports of grain to continue. Blinken said grain prices jumped by more than 8% since Russia's decision several weeks ago. He said Russia's weaponization of food harms millions of vulnerable people around the globe. I'm Mark Mayfield. Lottery players are hoping that luck is on their side as they try and win the fourth largest jackpot in Mega Millions history. The top prize has risen to $1.25 billion after no one claimed the jackpot Tuesday. There hasn't been a jackpot winner since April and when a winning ticket was bought in New York. And fans of the iconic HBO series The Sopranos can now own the family's patriarch boat. Trey Thomas has the details. Look at the snow. 
Tony Soprano's fishing vessel, which was called the Stagats, has been listed for sale in Connecticut through United Yacht Sales. The 1999 Cape Fear 47 sports fishing boat is listed for just under $300,000. I'm Trey Thomas. In sports, the Red Sox are back home at Fenway Park today for a game against the Toronto Blue Jays. First pitch at 7.10 p.m. And now, here's your ABC6 local weather forecast. Expect spot showers and breezy conditions as we head through today, reaching a high near 78. As we head into about the 5 o'clock hour, thunderstorms start to move through the area. Be aware of this as you're heading out tonight. We do expect some heavy downpours at times and lightning to be an issue. Overnight, those storms move out low of 67 and for tomorrow, partly sunny, humid, high of 81. From the ABC6 Weather Center, I'm meteorologist Skylar Spindler on New Bedford's News Talk Station, 1420 WBSM. It is currently 69 degrees right now in New Bedford. I'm Adam Bass, WBSM News. Stay up to date with New Bedford's News Talk Station, WBSM, and get breaking news alerts and podcasts with the WBSM app. WBSM. And we do have to take a quick break because we missed it in the last segment, so we'll be back in just a few moments. Yeah, yeah, oh yeah, what condition my condition was in. I woke up this morning with the sun down shining in. Found my mind in a brown paper bag, but then I tripped on a cloud and fell eight miles high. I tore my mind on a jagged sky. I just dropped in to see what condition my condition was in. Yeah, yeah, oh yeah, what condition my condition was in. My favorite Kenny Rogers song. 508-996-0500 if you want to call in and chime in. And we got a message from uh, Izzy on the app chat. Izzy in Fall River. Good morning, Tim. Are you talking about the New Bedford City Councilors meeting or a junior high school scuffle? Unreal. Grow up, folks. Actually, it happened uh, at the licensing board meeting for the Nip Bottle Band. You can read all the details at WBSM.com and on the app. But speaking of Fall River, Izzy... Today is an important day in Fall River, a, uh, a somber anniversary. Today is the anniversary of the Borden murders. So 131 years ago today, Andrew and Abby Borden were found murdered in their home, likely with a hatchet. The only person that was ever put on trial for it, the only person that was ever arrested for it and uh, eventually acquitted of all the charges was Lizzie Borden. And... People still to this day will insist that she was guilty, even though legally she was acquitted of those charges. So uh, we will we can certainly talk about that today. It's it used to be a day that I would always head on over to the ho- to the uh, Lizzie Borden house when when uh, Leanne Wilbur was there. And uh, now it's a new owner and they're doing things a little bit differently. So they don't have the reenactments and all that kind of stuff. But uh, they, they do have some extra tours going on today. So. If you want to go over there and learn all about the history, you can take the tour. Uh, there is also a story that we have, or I don't know if it's on the WBSM site, but I can put it on there if it's not. Certainly Fun 107 had the story uh, that there's a coffee shop opening up a couple doors down from the house called Miss Lizzie's Cafe. And I believe they're set to open up today. So that'll be a, a nice addition to the neighborhood. There's not a lot going on 
in that area of Second Street. You know, you have to walk up a block or two or or go behind the Justice Center to really get into some of the stuff that's going on. So it's, it's it'll be nice to have a little place right there. Uh, and I know that um, Lance, the owner at the Borden House, has put some tables out in front of the house for folks that want to, you know, folks that are staying there that want to sit outside for a little bit and be on the street. I don't, I don't know that people want to be on the street in that area of Second Street, but it's there for you if you want to take advantage of it. Uh, so again, you know, I've spent a lot of time over the years investigating that house, and I've, I've always said, you know, my job isn't to figure out whether she was guilty or innocent. My job, or who, who, who might have committed the murders, my job is to document the reports of the paranormal that go on over there, and I've, I've done that for, uh, well, just about 18 years now. So... 508-996-0500. There's another story that I want to point point out to you at WBSM.com and on the app that I put up yesterday. And this is something that I've been working on all week. Now, when you heard the news of the property manager of Mar-a-Lago being indicted as a co-conspirator with former President Donald Trump and his body man, Walt Nada, when you heard about this person being indicted, Carlos de Oliveira, and you heard his name, admit it, you probably thought for a minute, I wonder if there's a South Coast connection because that's a popular name around here. And someone did, someone that I know and trust did and started doing a little digging and said there might actually be a connection here and and passed it off to me. And so that was this past weekend. And I've spent this whole week trying to see if I could find if there was a connection. And it seems like there is. Now, I just want to preface this by saying I'm not getting into a conversation with you about, you know, whether or not the indictment is valid, whether or not Trump did anything wrong, whether or not Carlos de Oliveira did anything wrong. That's the, the point of this discussion is to say that this person who is wrapped up in one of the most historic cases in U.S. history, the first time that a president has been indicted on criminal charges that a person associated with that a co-defendant in that indictment might have spent some time living in New Bedford so from what we could gather uh, and it came about because there was an interview on CNN with a man named Tiberio Almeida and Tiberio Almeida is Carlos de Oliveira's landlord in Palm Beach Gardens, Florida. It seems like, and I didn't want to get into this into the article because it's somebody's personal business and I don't think it's necessary for the story, but it seems like Carlos de Oliveira and his wife went through a divorce a few years ago. They owned a home. Uh, She now is in possession of that home, it seems. Uh, The home is now up for rent for, I I forget if it was... $9,500 or $9,800 a month. A month. $10,000 a month. Rent. $120,000 a year. So, I think they own that home together and they divorced and now Carlos de Oliveira lives in an apartment in a townhouse that's owned by his friend, Tiberio Almeida, who said to CNN that Carlos is a Portuguese immigrant who came to Massachusetts about 30 years ago and then moved to Florida. 
and that they knew each other back in Massachusetts. Well, digging into Tiberio Almeida, he owned a house on Nash Road in New Bedford. And it seems like Carlos de Oliveira spent some time in 1995 living in an apartment on Tallman Street. And that would have been around the time that these two would have met each other and would have known each other. So based on these online records that we were able to find, and, and sometimes online records can be dubious, but based on what we found, it appears that Carlos de Oliveira spent some time living in New Bedford, which I just think it's an interesting connection. It doesn't mean anything, but it's another example where New Bedford came into national politics, into a presidential situation. If you remember, there was the incident where Hillary Clinton had Bill Clinton come to campaign on her behalf in New Bedford, and they were at the warming house, which was a precinct, and he, he was too close to the precinct. That, that got a lot of people up in arms. But even before that, or no, things, well, anyway, uh, when Hillary Clinton gave her acceptance speech at the Democratic National Convention for the presidential nomination, she gave a shout out to New Bedford, Massachusetts. She mentioned being here going door to door with an effort back in the 70s. So she mentioned, name dropped, New Bedford. And now here we have New Bedford again kind of figuring into a presidential situation. So I just thought, I thought that it was interesting. And you can read the article at WBSM.com and kind of see how we lay out the case for why it might be. Again, I'm not saying it's, it's definitive, but I thought that it was pretty solid. And I just thought that it would be of interest. So check that out and, uh, and let me know what you think. You can comment under the story on Facebook. You can send me an app chat message about it. You can call in about it too. I did call Tiberio Almeida, the landlord, who had given an interview to CNN and had been quoted in other publications, but I think they were all kind of cribbing the CNN interview. And I did ask him, I said, hi, is this Tiberio? And he said, yes. I said, the same Tiberio Almeida, who is the landlord of Carlos de Oliveira. And he said, um, I don't think that I want to talk about that. And he hung up the phone. And I'm not a pest of a journalist. You know, I'm not going to keep calling you until you speak to me. I was just like, okay, he wants to be left alone. I respect that. And so I didn't, I didn't call him back. However, I did place calls based on some phone numbers that I found to Carlos de Oliveira's ex-wife. Um, a phone number that is supposedly for Carlos de Oliveira, but I'm sure he is not answering his phone these days. Um, at least to a number he doesn't recognize. And I also reached out to the office of special counsel Jack Smith to see if they could give me any further information about Carlos de Oliveira. I mean, I had reached out to the court, the federal court in Florida, the West Palm Beach federal court. There was nothing there that they could help me with. So then I reached out to the special counsel's office. I said, can you give me any information on his background? Can you even just confirm a previous address? And the spokesperson for special counsel Smith emailed me back and said, 
that they would not be commenting on any any previous addresses or you know any of that background info so i i tried i tried to get as much confirmation as i can but instead we'll just look at these online property records and personal records and say it looks like Carlos de Oliveira, the co-defendant in the Trump documents case, the man who is uh, alleged to have helped Walt Nauta move boxes and conceal them from federal investigators and who is the one who spearheaded the, uh, well, I mean, I guess technically Donald Trump allegedly spearheaded it, but when Trump wanted the video surveillance footage of them moving the boxes destroyed, Carlos de Oliveira is the one who went to the IT person and said, you know, the boss wants these videos destroyed. So he's figured strong and everybody that knows him that they've they've quoted in these news stories, everybody says the same thing. He was a quiet guy. He kept to himself. He loved to play golf. It, they're all shocked that he would do something illegal because he just didn't seem like that kind of a guy, but that he also loved his job. Like, he, he loved working at Mar-a-Lago. He, he started off as a handyman, and he worked his way up to being the property manager, and he just loved being in charge of a golf resort like that. You know, that was his dream, is the way people have portrayed it, is as a golf lover, you know, to, to be able to give people that experience and, and be responsible for the property that gives people that experience meant a lot to him. So I think in that regard, and this is just me, you know, speculating here, you're going to do what your boss tells you to do because you love your job and you want to keep your job. I love my job. I want to keep my job. If Michael Rock comes in and says, delete all the security camera footage, I'm going to say, how far back do you want me to go? <laughs> also, we're not under federal indictment. We're, we're not under federal investigation. They haven't subpoenaed our, our video records either. If they did, and then he told me to destroy it, I'd say. Yeah, no, I love this job, but not enough to go to jail for it. 508-996-0500. Let's take our final break of the... Welcome back in, and we have just got about a minute left here before we're going to go into the news. We will have your national and international headlines with ABC News, and then Adam Bass has all your local South Coast news from the WBSM newsroom, and we can get your reaction to it all on the other side, 508-996-0500. Uh, we can talk about the, the Gilly Safiola's Naomi Carney story, which you can read at WBSM.com or on the app. We can talk about this Carlos de Oliveira story. We can talk about, I want to know, if you went to the feast last night, what were your thoughts on the new security measures? What did you think about having to go through the security checkpoints to get in? 